we notice there's a guy on the back of the bus and uh, the driver is trying to, you know, wake him up and uh, nothing happens. The guy doesn't move. We shake him completely, completely unreactive, like not a reaction at all. And we start looking at is he dead? Experience. Um, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vodka Vodcast with me, Connor Klein. Uh, this is episode I think 18 we're up to at this stage and this is a continuation of the stories that I've been telling you in the last few uh, episodes of the Vodcast here on the Zara Experience. Uh, I started off telling you about the first trip that I took in Eastern Europe with my sensei and uh, there's lots of stuff for you guys to learn from my experience with him on that trip. We went to Romania, Moldova and Ukraine. We've gone through a few of the episodes, just look back in the last episodes of the podcast here on YouTube or maybe while you're listening to this on the audio version in the podcast and then just go back and look and listen to the last few episodes to catch uh, what we did in Bucharest, Chisinau, Belts, which is in Northern Moldova, then Vinitsa, which is uh, a city in the center west of Ukraine and then the capital Kiev uh, which was uh, during the time of the Euromaidan revolution so this was a few years ago and uh, now we're going to go into what happened after Kiev we went to Kharkiv which is in the east of Ukraine near the Russian border at the time it was just before Russia's annexation of Crimea and the war in Donbass so there was a lot of tension at the time, of course, we've been on Maidan uh, and there's lots of stuff for you guys to learn in those episodes. So I encourage you, if you haven't listened to them or watched them, to go back and check them out as well. So today I'm speaking to you from Odessa. I'm actually here. That's the monument to the unknown seaman behind me. And it's actually a national holiday. So there are lots of kids walking around uh, and lots of families. So it's not as quiet as I expected, but we're getting here. As you see, it's an Indian summer, uh, Babileta, as they say in Russian. And it's mid-October here <laughs> it's unbelievable it's like 22 degrees every day so amazing sunshine that's actually the reason I'm still here anyways that's not relevant to today's episode so much so we were in Kiev and we decided to go to Kharkov now Kharkov is a city as I said in east of Ukraine it's Ukraine's second biggest city it has about 1.5 million uh, inhabitants I have a travel vlog from Kharkiv which has been really well received it's uh, the most viewed and liked video about the city that you're gonna find on YouTube so I'm gonna link that below up in a card and of course put it below in the description as well so go and watch that when you have time if you want to get a taste what like to go to Kharkiv in the east of Ukraine so we decide we're gonna go there and we have been doing this trip uh, a little bit more spontaneously in terms of planning. We weren't planning so far ahead, even though we had a fair idea where we're going to go. So final weekend, so this is going to be the last kind of night, well, two of the three last nights that we're going to spend on this trip. We're going to go to Kharkiv in the east of Ukraine. So we get up um, after I explain what all the shenanigans that happened in Kiev and we go to the uh, train station to get a train now. Um, Things have improved in the last five years. You can actually book your tickets online. You can even do it in English uh, as well as Russian and in Ukrainian. Uh, but at the time that wasn't possible. So we went there and of course there were no trains left. Um, that stage went looked at the bus options from the near the train station. Uh, Marshuka, which is the local kind of buses, are an experience, not an necessarily one that I think you should 
uh, aimed to uh, necessarily for comfort. It's not, it's the opposite of comfort, but this is one of the kind of characteristic things about this region. Uh, so we went down, I wasn't super enthusiastic about having to do it. We hadn't slept very much, of course, and going on a Mashuka for eight hours is gonna be, you know, pretty rough. Um, by train it's a lot faster and a hell of a lot more comfortable. So in the end, after negotiating with some, uh, with some drivers, we, uh, we arranged to take a bus. We're gonna get in there pretty late, but we didn't want to stop on the way. We had considered that as something for you guys also to think about when your, your plans change. It looks like you can't make your destination. Uh, you need to look at whatever options are available to you. So we thought about maybe stopping in a city like about two thirds of the way there for a night just to uh, get there at a reasonable time. Uh, the city is called Poltava. I've been there um, a couple of times. It's a very green city, um, but that would mean having to leave again the next day. Uh, and you know, stopping, getting off with your suitcases, finding accommodation, it was just a little bit too much hassle. Uh, so we decided to go all the way in uh, to Kharkiv by bus, even though, of course, uh, that was gonna be a pretty rough trip in our state at that time. So we get a bus and uh, it's just interesting uh, to describe the scene on these kind of buses. I think it's very atmospheric uh, for you guys to appreciate. So we're there and there's just like Russian um, pop music blaring out of a TV. The bus is actually not as bad as it could have been. It was like a big kind of sprinter bus, I guess. And um, they had this Russian pub music just like blaring for the entire for the entire trip. And my friend actually had to take some business calls. And uh, I was asking, what, what, the, what did you say on the business calls to people? I mean, you got Russian pop music. They didn't even know apparently that he was in Europe. <laughs> Never mind in a Russian speaking country, obviously. And um, he said, well, I just said I was traveling and um, everybody just kind of accepts that they don't really think that i'm sitting on a bus uh on my way to you know from kiev to kharkiv in uh in eastern ukraine it's like kind of unthinkable and i think that's a little bit of a tip also for you guys if you have a job where at times you can work remotely uh that's something that's possible you can actually take uh, you can actually work from a bus when you're traveling on a Mashuka because, uh, you know, with modern technology and, you know, just the fact that we can do stuff on our laptops uh, just makes that all possible. So eventually, um, you know, eight hours later, I think it was, it was either six to eight hours it takes by car, by, by Mashuka, because you have to stop on the way to get to Kharkiv. And we arrive, it's, it's at night, we're pretty exhausted and... Um, you know, we made some friends on the bus, especially my friend, I made a, uh, started talking to a girl on the bus and uh, become kind of friendly with her. So we're just uh, got out, we're in a group, we're just chatting away. And then we noticed there's a guy uh, on the back of the bus and uh, the driver is trying to, you know, wake him up. And uh, nothing happens, the guy doesn't move. Like, oh, he's just kind of asleep or something. And then uh, we shake him completely, completely, unreactive like not a reaction at all and we start looking sure is he dead i mean he's still warm um so yeah <laughs> it was pretty shocking we used to just that moment where you think damn fuck maybe this guy has like died on the bus or something uh and then you know a few seconds later he kind of comes through and he was just super drunk and passed out for and it was like almost unwakeable but that's another little bit of a taste of what ukraine can be like uh, in terms of people who drink too much on a bus just out for the count really stone cold out uh it took it must have been three or four minutes before we got him we got him up so we're in uh kharkiv and at the time it's uh obviously just before the annexation of crimea as i said and um just before the war in Donbass. So there was a lot of tension in the city and we go to uh, go out and have a walk around. Obviously, we went out clubbing that night, uh, made some new friends, brought some girls home, back to the apartment. 
And the next day we go walk around and it's actually a demonstration, a pro-Russian demonstration in the city. And basically you had these kind of like, I don't know how to describe it, like skinhead thugs uh, basically marching, shouting Russia, Russia through the streets. Maybe there was like 200 of them and a lot of media and people filming them and uh, maybe photographers uh, taking photos. Uh, and that's kind of interesting because obviously at the time there were these political tensions and I mean today we're, we're five, in, five years later and of course uh, there hasn't been a war in Kharkiv there was a small amount of violence but very very little thankfully uh, but what was interesting in the country is the next day on the Sunday there was actually a Ukrainian pro-unity um, I wouldn't call it demonstration but like kind of meetup or gathering and there it was completely opposite you know it was just like a complete cross-section society it was very relaxed the atmosphere um, it wasn't at all aggressive as opposed to the protests before which really felt like a protest a march uh, with all these guys who um, I mean I guess they were from Russia maybe not actually from Ukraine even and just marching on the street a little bit like you would see in the 1930s uh, the kind of scene like kind of jackboots and uh, yeah just this kind of very big contrast between the two groups and to actually see that what's interesting about this is to actually see with your own eyes as opposed to relying what you see uh, in the media itself right because the media obviously as I, I like to always say it's like even if they're well-intentioned they can also just be lazy and not show you um, uh, what it's really like there so we were actually there and we could actually see the difference between the two two groups um, of you know people who were pro-Ukrainian unity and people who were obviously uh, pro-Russian and uh, hoping that Russia would um, maybe annex or, or invade the country like they did in Donbass and in um, Crimea like the, that group of guys was like really small as well like um, it's just like maybe it wasn't even a hundred as opposed to the thousands of people that we saw the next uh, the next day so that was um, kind of the political background to where we are and basically Kharkiv is a crazy like kind of student uh, party city that's the way I always think of it in Ukraine it's the city I know we're in Odessa so this is like summer capital normally and here we have an Indian summer and you know, here, of course, the nightlife is famous, but it's just during the summer months. Now, Kharkiv is where people go, or people who are in the know, and now you're in the know because you watch this channel, it's where people go in the winter to have fun. And uh, that's the what we did. We had just like this chaotic, uh, crazy uh, night out in Kharkiv. And um, my friend also brought a, brought a girl, actually the girl he met on the bus, he also uh, formed a relationship with her over over the weekend I went out partying brought a few girls back to the apartment afterwards as well it was pretty pretty crazy the whole thing uh, wild decadent Eastern um, yeah hookup adventure basically and what was interesting was the next day afterwards like it's the last day it's the, the Sunday we're gonna go back to Kiev and um, a friend came around uh, a girlfriend maybe in the afternoon and we had a coffee together and we just hung out a little bit in the apartment and when we went to get the bus uh, we need to get a taxi we have to give back the keys to the uh at this stage it was the cleaner maybe even put on my shades do this a little better so now wearing my shades because the sun is right in my eyes rather than move the camera for the end of this this story uh, from Kharkov so my friend is there Victoria and we just kind of like are hanging out and then when I go to give the keys back I actually have to give it to the cleaning lady uh, for the apartment because the, the host is not going to come and just something really strange happened I'm giving back the keys and she started talking to uh, my friend Vika was with me and was like uh, saying something that obviously annoyed her a bit because she was like ah, I don't care I don't want to listen to this blah 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 so we take a taxi we go back to the 
at the train station, we get on the train. I feel that's a little bit odd. I say to my friend, um, yeah, maybe just write to me and see what the hell was going on there um, with the cleaning lady. It was just weird the way that she reacted. And um, I get a message back <laughs> saying, um, yeah, it's not, I mean, I don't care. It's none of my business. You're free to get up to whatever you want. But the uh, cleaner, she asked for the phone number of the girl that you brought back yesterday or would have been, I guess, in effect that morning. I was like, why would the cleaning lady want their phone number? <laughs> uh, first of all, why is she asking my, uh, who she thinks is my girlfriend um, for that number? It just seems it's like completely crazy. She said, uh, yeah, she said there's another guy in the building. He wants their phone number. He saw them leave. But I said, this is mental. So I like, called the cleaner because I had her phone number. And I was like, why are you asking my girlfriend for the number of other girls? Like, who, who do you think you are? What are you up to? And um, she was just, yeah, Connor, can you give it? Because the guy, he liked the girl that you brought back last night. Um, and I was just like, you were obviously mental. Um, so the thing to learn from that, I mean, obviously, pulling up the phone, my friend wasn't upset anyways, uh, but it was just kind of a crazy uh, thing for someone to do, right? I mean, uh, talk about lack of discretion, and obviously, I wouldn't give someone just a phone number to another random person. Anyways, it just seemed very odd. So. Uh, I guess lesson for that is always just be careful of uh, of cleaners who are crazy <laughs> who might start uh, uh, saying things to to your girlfriend and stuff like that. It was just a bit bit weird. So we get on the the train and we're heading back to Kiev. It's uh, last night. Uh, we're going to be on this insane trip that we've had in uh, Eastern Europe. And I made a huge mistake uh, on the train because um, I felt a little bit like my eye was itchy and I started to scratch it. And then it got a little bit bloodshot. And then unfortunately, I'll take it off. I scratched the other eye um, and then my entire eyes went completely bloodshot. In fact, I looked, they became so agitated that I looked like a basically had Ebola, if you know what that kind of disease is where people like, they go kind of mutant-like. So I completely screwed up and we get to Kiev, we check in, we're in this amazing apartment in Kiev. Again, it's after my dance, so everything is super cheap and there's so much availability for amazing apartments. And um, my friend is like, hey, we don't need to go out. I don't want to kill you because you look like death. I couldn't even take a nap. I couldn't even close my eyes. They were so edged and so swollen uh, after whatever, I did, whatever bacteria had gotten into them. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> first lesson from that is like always bring hand sanitizer. I will do that since then. Uh, just make sure you don't pass germs um, or bacteria and, and infect yourself. So I've obviously gotten conjunctivitis, uh, which is like basically a, a bacteria that... Um, or virus. Actually, I'm not sure what conjunctivitis really is, but anyways, it looks awful. Um, and so I'm kind of lying there saying, no, we're gonna, we're gonna go out. We're gonna make it one last big night. We've had this insane, epic adventure over the last 12 days. And this is, we can't not go out the last night. Even if I'm close to death, we're gonna do it. So we go out and um, we start to walk around in the center of Kiev. There is like a, um, another, like we walk into what's basically arena um, and that's kind of a very touristic part where there are lots of clubs and bars and stuff like that and they we kind of walk around there seems to be some sort of strip club strip club there not my scene at all uh, so i'm not interested in that and then we see two girls uh, just walking in the middle of kind of arena start chatting to them they wanted to go to a club nearby it was closed basically we went to another club and um so we're there, we basically both hook up with them, start making out at the, at the, in the club, in the table. And then I leave with the girl who's, who I'm with. Um, it's also kind of funny because when we're on the way to the club, um, 
my friend who doesn't speak Russian was like, hey, do you speak English? She's like, do you, do you actually even tried, do you speak Arabic again? Uh, but that didn't work either. And I was like, dude, I got it taken care of. This is why I learned Russian. So that should be another good tip for you guys. This is the advantage is when this girl did not speak any, any English, then there's just like no chance. But her friend did, so it kind of worked out that way. So we're in this, uh, this, uh, this club. I go to leave um, with the girl who's, uh, who I'm with, obviously. Uh, she doesn't necessarily want to go to my place. I remember she said, oh, I want to go back to, I just want to sleep. I said, cool, whatever. I'll uh, drop you off on the way. Uh, so we go to her apartment and um, she, <laughs> she gets out. She rings the doorbell, no answer. She says, oh, my sister has the key. I was like, well, um, if, if she doesn't answer, just come sleep in my place. She's like, oh, I don't really want to do that. But she rings the doorbell again and um no again no answer so i'm like oh, okay this is looking very good my look is going to hold out on this last night even though remember i the whole time i look like i have ebola i look horrific i look like like the worst um like physical state imaginable and that's like uh, so and this girl is really really pretty I probably should have said at the beginning why my friend was so interested in her uh when we were in the taxi on the way there um and that just shows that sometimes as long as you've got a good vibe and that you're really a, like just so fucking delusionally enthusiastic about things that you can overcome this so and also that looks as i as i said in one of my other videos the one about five reasons to date ukraine are not as important here as long as you have like just a cool vibe and attitude that goes so much further um so then she says okay i go to your place and just sleep with you at your place i was like Bajum. and all i hear all of a sudden is a voice in the intercom Privet, da. she's like oh sorry my sister woke up so the tech server was in stitches laughing at me. He was like, dude, I was really hoping that it would work out. And I was like, yeah, there you go. Sometimes it doesn't, uh, it doesn't, the, the gods are not looking in your favor. So we get, so I just go home alone, sleep in the room. Next morning I wake up, I send a message to my friend, make sure he's gotten to the airport. And he's, the answer is, dude, I'm in the room beside you. I was like, man, you need to be, you know, Maybe at the airport now like you're not gonna make it so i ring him get him a taxi basically he comes out within two minutes like and disheveled looking and just like we throw his stuff downstairs into the taxi taxi takes off even call me make sure he's going to the right terminal all that kind of stuff so he gets to uh the airport calls me say yeah thanks man just about the flight was a little bit delayed maybe even that's how he made it but he definitely was like last minute to make the flight he said this is the most epic experience I've ever had over the last 12 days just like traveling seeing new cultures um, just new experiences things like the sauna crossing the borders uh, girls obviously beautiful women uh, crazy hookups um, this is what you know the kind of ultimate party adventure that I that the guys like you and me like want to engage in basically um, so I was like cool just chilling on my sofa suddenly the door to his room opens and out walks this blonde girl and wearing his shirt and it's obviously starting when she sees me in the sofa i was like Privet. and uh, then she kind of like sheepishly um scurries out of the apartment she actually forgot some of her stuff but i did return this to her in a few weeks later and that was the end of the trip uh, this first trip i took my sensei where i first started to really get to know him and uh, show him first because I was able to obviously provide the value there in terms of being a tour guide and really show him this part of the world and the idea of me telling these stories of course I mean you, I told you and you wanted me to tell these kind of stories is that you can learn something yourself from my experiences uh, I can inspire you in some way to like travel to less common places like Kharkiv for example I wouldn't think of going there but it really is for partying and for uh, pretty girls and, and uh, just crazy atmosphere um, I think it's the best place that 
outside of summer in Ukraine. So that's why I would encourage you to go there. And then you see different things that we encountered, like, um, like for example, the, the cleaner and this, like her trying to ditch me in or get me in trouble with who she thought was my girlfriend. And just, just to be aware of some of the dynamics that can go on when you're staying somewhere and people see, uh, you know, more than one, one girl come in and out of your apartment, just be wary of that. And um, also, health when you're traveling, super important. Uh, I got conjuvitis. It took me weeks, weeks to recover from it when I left uh, Ukraine, and that was just bad hygiene, not taking care, touching. Like you, all I did was use a tissue and have hand sanitizer, and never would have had this problem. So, if you have traveled to this region at all yourself, if you've had similar stories, then let me know, let everyone else know who reads these, uh, uh, watches these videos in the comment section below the video. That's the end of that series of stories. Next week, there's going to be Vodka Podcast with another story, which is really exciting. It's about Transnistria, the republic that doesn't exist, that's very close to here, and my trip there, New Year's Eve, where I got almost got in a lot of trouble with some Transnistrian soldiers. That's coming up. Uh, if you're not a subscriber, well, you got to end of this video, so you're probably already subscribed. And if not, just there's that red subscribe button. But what you really want to do is whack the notification bell beside it, because that way you are notified uh, when I you know, you get a pop-up, you get an email or something that tells you when I upload a new video. In general, I'm uploading twice a week at the moment. And I look forward to seeing all of your smiling, enthusiastic faces from Eastern Europe next week in the next video, or maybe even sooner. Maybe there's a tip Thursday. Maybe there's another cool video coming out of Travel Log. Gonna have one from Odessa really soon. This is the last week doing the final recording. So until next time, Disvedanya, Dopobachina, peace. Sar experience.